and welcome to Memorial Hall Library's Shelf, Shelf Help Podcast. I'm Stephanie Smith, a reference and cataloging librarian. I'm Trisha Craig, a reference and cataloging librarian. I'm Claire Kern, the head of technical services and collections. And today we're going to be talking mostly about some of our favorite books that have been published in 2021, um, and possibly even a movie or TV show. So, um... We all have our lists with us, but I will start us off, and one of the books that I enjoyed most this year was called Nowhere Girl by Cheryl Diamond. I listened to it as an audiobook through Hoopla, uh, but it's also available as a print book. The nice thing was that when it became available in Hoopla, there was no waitlist, um, which was exciting for me, uh, because there was somewhat of a waitlist on the print book, and it is a... Memoir of a girl who grew up as a fugitive because her parents were on the run. <laughs> and Ooh. it was a really, it was a really wild personal story. Um, you know, they, they were always changing their names and moving from place to place. I mean, all, all over the world. So she, she grew up around the world, but also became like, a fairly elite gymnast as a child, and, mm. um, you know, of course, eventually, justice always catches up, and she was in a really sticky situation because she didn't have things like a birth certificate, mm. or, you know, any, any, she was not legally a resident or a citizen of any country, and eventually that does become a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> you try to do it kind of anything. Yeah, right. I mean, she she did eventually get into a career as a model also. She did that. I mean, she... So it was hmm. just... It was a really interesting memoir because even though she is... Um, I mean, still a fairly young woman in her 30s, she has done so much with her life and lived in so many different places. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's the whole dysfunctional, like, family drama element to it. Yeah, so she was kind of paying for her parents' right. crimes. Right, mm. And she had two older siblings, and, you know, they naturally uh, got to their rebellion phase sooner than she did, and, like, that tension of, you mm. know her starting to realize because of them that, like, something isn't right about our family. Mm. <laughs> like, it's maybe not normal for us to move every other, like, year or two and to then change things when we move and to be traveling under falsified documents. Like, yeah. how do we get money anyway? Like, how is my father actually bringing money home to us? That's always the interesting part of reading those stories, like mm-hmm. in Educated or oh, The Glass Castle, Castle, where Castle. they get to the point of... This isn't like other yeah. people. What is, what's going on? What, right. Why are we different? Right. What's happening here? Right. Something here is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they don't know that until they just start to just get a little older. Like right. 10, 11, yes. 12. They realize right. that other families don't do this. This right. isn't what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just a really fascinating memoir of, uh, of a very different life. <laughs> Well, it sounds like if you like the glass castle, yeah, this one or educated. Educated. yes, or educated. Yeah, yeah. You had mentioned Trisha. Both of those, yeah. If you liked those, you would definitely enjoy Nowhere Girl. Um, cool. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. She does have another book that she'd written previously about her time as um, as like a teen model, but hmm. 
I have not picked that one up yet. Mostly because it's not on audio, and I wanted to listen to it. But did she narrate? She um, I don't think she narrated. Okay, but um, but I'm more likely to do a memoir on audio than to sit down and read it. Mm-hmm. So, although I I have been known to do that too, mm-hmm. but. I just spend more time in the car than sitting and reading these days. <laughs> it's, <Sadly>. true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Easier to listen on the go. Yeah, a good book can really make the commute so much seem so much faster. Absolutely, and more exciting. Or folding laundry, yes. or waiting or for walking. a baby to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While doing the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. After a walk. Painting. Yeah. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. stimulating activities yes. that an audiobook can help with. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that, that was one that I really enjoyed from this year. Um, how about you, Trisha? So my favorite book that I read this year was The Turnout by Megan Abbott. And so Megan Abbott's written a lot of other books and yeah. she um, she usually writes about women and sports and this is um the same kind of thing so her probably her most famous book is dare me Mm -hmm. which um is about high school cheerleading that was made into a tv series it wasn't that great but um and then also her book you will know me is about gymnastics that was a really good one too so she writes about um and she does a lot of research so you and you just it's this just very realistic portrait of these sort of competitive elite sports worlds and how they affect the young people that are involved in them. Yeah. Very. Um, so this one's about ballet. And so usually her, um, books are the main character is the younger person and it's how they interact with the adults in their life. But this one is about the adults and how they interact Mm -hmm. with the other people in their life. Um, So this is the two adult sisters that run a dance studio. So they are Dara and Marie and they run the Durant School of Dance, which they inherited from their mother, who was a famous ballerina. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were homeschooled. Their life was very focused around dance and art, um, and they were very sheltered. Um, So there was the two sisters, and then they lived with Charlie, who was kind of the prized student at the school, and his mother wasn't – I believe he wasn't – as into his, you know, dancing career. And I believe she was, she moved away and they ended up taking him in because he wanted to stay and dance. So he grew up with them and then eventually Dara married him. Oh. oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> huh. A twist. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Dara is like the tough one. She's kind of runs the, the school. So Charlie does like the administrative work of the school because he has this horrible back injury from dancing. And Dara works with the older kids that are a bit more serious. And then there's Marie, who's kind of like softer, a little bit more naive. And she works with the kids. And the parents died in a car accident when the girls were like in their late teens. So now it's just the three of them in the house they grew up in just very interconnected. They don't have a whole lot of um, connection to anyone besides the people 
the kids and the parents that come right. to this school. So the plot focuses around their annual performance of the Nutcracker, which is not something that Dara even likes doing, but they're known for it, and it's... Yeah, it's sort of have Exactly. It's like a given. <laughs> but it's this very stressful time, and the way that Megan Abbott writes, it's like you can feel the tension of, like, the students, like, trying to get the parts, and the parents demanding, right. and just the mental wear and tear that it does on now the three of the adults and then the physical wear and tear that we're seeing the the students go through, which these three adults have all gone through. It's very detailed about like... the injuries mm-hmm. they have and oh yeah you can lose a talent you can lose all your yeah exactly it's, yeah uh, I had a friend who did point through high school and was in several nutcrackers and mm-hmm. yeah you you can lose your toenails mm-hmm. I mean, at least they grow back yeah. 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 <laughs> Poor player. Um, and Not then. Any bargaining for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not too graphic in the book, so that's good. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then of course there's issues with eating and right. the, the ballerina body. Right. Um, so they're starting with the nutcracker, and then a suspicious fire causes severe damage to the school. And then this brings in um, another character, this contractor named Derek, who is this kind of charming guy, but he's also super shady. Um, and he kind of, he ends up like infiltrating their world and just wreaking havoc. <laughs> um so, you know, like I said, there's, you know, this main focus on like this elusive and exclusive world of dance and all the unhealthy relationships that it leads to. Um, but the, this book I found to be really suspenseful. Like I, it's not like your typical page turner, but for me, it was, there was so many twists. Yeah. And I read a lot of suspense, so I can usually mm-hmm. tell what's going on and that the, the the main twist of this book, I was shocked. Like, oh, it was good. like yeah. an actual, like, jaw dropping. <laughs> Did not see that coming at all. Oh, I love um, that book and do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it, I will warn that there is a lot of heavy content in here. This is certainly not a light read by any means. Yeah. And you did out nowhere, girl. That was. Not exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not going to be a light re- right. holiday read. But there's something to be said for a mix of, you know, having some heavier reads. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. And I, I mean, I like her books because there are things that I really don't know anything about, mm-hmm. like cheerleading, gymnastics, ballet, like mm-hmm. to, to read about these like worlds and how it affects people. And it's, it's interesting because it's always like everything is so focused like her book about gymnastics, it was right. like this one girl was like the star and was like the most important person in this world. And then there was a scene where her mother came to her school for some reason. She had to talk to her and kind of saw her as like, she's really not important in that setting. And right. it's like, she physically looks so different than the other kids because yeah. she's small, but she's very muscular. Right. 
And, like, she was, there was even a scene where she was describing, like, the way her genes look different on her than the other kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's interesting how these, it's like, they have these different worlds right. that they have to exist in, mm-hmm. whereas the parents, it's different, or the teachers, yeah. it's different, this is their entire world. And then there's these younger people that have to exist in all these different worlds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really love that about her books. Yeah, I mean, and, you were saying they were well-researched, too. And yeah, it's, like that yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very true to life about, yeah. it's not just like, they, they did ballet. It's, like, very specific right. of um, what they go through. Yeah. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed that one yeah. this year. Sounds like a good pick for suspense. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you want a sports story, even. Yeah. You know? you like sports stories but they mm-hmm. want to try something a little mm-hmm. a little different right um, exactly you still get some you know right. character development good mm-hmm. plot mm-hmm. and the athleticism Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't really think of ballet as a sport. But well, that's the thing is that it's really ballet. like ballet, gymnastics, yeah. cheerleading. There's like, that's not a sport. And it's so physical. Oh, they're, elite, they're absolutely yeah. sports. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're, if you're doing it at, you know, sort of a competitive mm-hmm. level. Right. I the mean, pressure is yeah. enormous. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just and like. And not a practice. Right. It's like, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to de- be dedicated to that. Yeah. It's like a job. That's mm-hmm. why I quit doing ballet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did ballet for like eight and a half years as a kid. So I started when wow. I was three. Um, and despite that, I was not good. <laughs> I just like to say, was it really your thing? Yeah. I, know, you know, I enjoyed it even, but I just, yeah. despite doing ballet from the time I was three, I, I am not flexible. <laughs> and even by the time I was 12, my body was just, just not... It was like, not happening. I without bending my knees mm-hmm. at age 12, despite having done ballet since I was three. <laughs> my body just doesn't work that way. There was no nutcracker in your face. No <laughs> nutcracker. No, there was not. Clara well, was an elusive goal. Yeah, yeah. That was my goal in, like, kindergarten or first grade, to yeah. maybe in the nutcracker. And I did have to... Let that dream go. <laughs> but yeah, by the time I was told, I was just like, I'm not good at this. I'm, I'm never going to be good at this. Yeah. Why do I want to commit so much time to it? Right. You know, we, we had moved to town over, so my parents had to spend their time driving me. Mm-hmm. You know, and the lessons were Saturday mornings, so I had to mm-hmm. give up my... And it just wasn't worth it in the end. But no. it's, you know, if you, if you really want to stick with it, it is... Just as dedicated as, you know, a more traditional sport. Absolutely. Yeah. More so. Yeah. Right. With the added challenge that it's probably not something you can do through your school. Um, right. So you have to have your own transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, find a program. Yeah. On your Hire own. a trainer. You know, right. specific. Right. More expensive. Yeah. When the Olympics were on this summer and they showed some of the background stories, they showed what a day was like in the life of a a gymnast in in this case. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable Mm -hmm. what they had to do every Mm -hmm. day for years to even begin to compete at that level. I mean, you get, you get a decent amount of that nowhere girl too, because she did spend so much of her childhood training, Mm -hmm. I mean, training to be at an Olympic level. Right. You know, it wasn't like a casual, like, Gymnastics for fun. Yeah, exactly. It's just not something I think a lot of people can actually do. Yeah. Um, You know, I think you have to really be a special person to Mm -hmm. be able to to do that day in and day out as a child. Yeah. Yes. And to to handle that pressure. Mm -hmm. That's 
and not to be outside playing or going right. to the library, reading right. books, right. doing a lot of fun things that your friends right. are doing, but really focusing on right. you give up a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. probably you probably wouldn't be a librarian if you had really stuck with the ballet, ballet because you wouldn't yeah. have been able to read quite yeah. so much. Yeah, probably time. Not. You but, would have been pressed for time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, one door closes another door. No audio book listening while practicing no. ballet. You have to focus. Yeah, uh, yeah if you're lucky, you get music. <laughs> I suppose I would have listened to a lot more music. Yeah, I, that's had true. I been to the ballerina, but, uh, but it was just not to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what book do you have for us? Okay, so uh, for um, a little change of pace, I have a much lighter story mm-hmm. than either Trisha or Stephanie <laughs> chatted about. So starting in January of 2022, uh, just a couple weeks away, um, Memorial Hall Library is going to have something called the Book of the Month. And it's just going to be a title that we highlight that will be available um, in our circulation area on display in copious amounts for people to just check out. So our first book of the month uh, for January is called The Thursday Murder Club, and it's by Richard Osman. And it is it takes place in a British current day in a British retirement village called Cooper's Chase. And the title of the book, The Thursday Murder Club, comes from four residents of Cooper's Chase that have formed this club uh, that meets on Thursday um, that reviews cold cases um, and tries to solve them. Mm. So the main characters, there are four. Um, the first one is Elizabeth, and her background's a little murky. You get uh, little tidbits about little hints as to what she might have done prior to her retirement. Seems like maybe she worked for M5 or MI5, mm. or she was a spy or some sort of police officer, but you Ooh, never really yeah. know. But she's the one who is able to get lots of good information about any cold case. Uh, then we have the second member of the Thursday Murder Club is Joyce. Joyce happens to be my favorite character. So Joyce is uh, in her 70s, and she is the only character we hear from in the first person. And she, each of her um, chapters are actually her journal entries. Hmm. So she sort of documents what they're doing, how they're doing it. But her character is so funny. The Hmm. entries in the journal will make you laugh out loud, um, as well as very poignant. She talks about... um, you know, because she's aging and looking towards maybe the end years of her life. Uh, she talks about how she felt a little bit put out to pasture by her daughter who's has her own life. And, you know, is she relevant anymore? And the Thursday murder club really gives her life this purpose. And she realizes that she has a lot of life left in her. And I really like that about Joyce. The third person uh, in the club is Ibrahim Arif, and he's a retired uh, therapist. So he um, offers his insight into personalities Mm -hmm. and um, what the murderer might be like and things like that. And the last character is sort of a vibrant local, uh, well-known local, um, who was in his younger years a political activist. Um, so he also has a lot of connections and can find out a lot of things about the cold cases. But things are quiet in the Thursday Murder Club, and they haven't really had anything good lately until um, 
there's a murder uh, that is connected to their retirement village. Mm. Um, one of the contractors is murdered on the same day that he's fired from his job. Ooh. So this sets up, this sets them all, um, you know, they are ready to get their Thursday murder club back on track with the latest mystery. Um, so suffice it to say, there are many suspects. There are many twists and turns. They have a lot of adventures while trying to solve this mystery. Uh, it's charming, it's poignant, it's funny, and there's a few good twists. Um, and it's actually kind of a perfect winter read, which is why we picked it for January. It's, it's really technically probably a cozy mystery. One of those ones that you want to sort of pour yourself a cup of tea, maybe, <laughs> maybe butter up a scone and sit down and read the Thursday Murder Club. So come January 2nd, when the library opens, there will be 30 or so copies waiting for you right near the front desk. Including, I think, a large print and an audio book. A large correct? print and an audio book, and it's also available on Overdrive and uh, Libby, so put your hold on now because I do believe there's a little list. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes. But... Although we did buy some extra copies on Overdrive, um, I still think there's a little bit of a list. Yeah. But the books will be available in the library, so come on in. They're not holdable, uh, the copies that are going to be on the Book of the Month display. So you come on in. You'll be sure to get a copy if you come in the first couple days, or at least yeah. the first day. Yeah. <laughs> I always I always enjoy a book where uh, there's different, like, modes of storytelling. So like you were saying, some chapters yeah. are journal entries. Yeah, I love when authors do that. Yeah. There's, there's a word for that. Polyphony, maybe, or polyphonic narration. I'm thinking beef. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be it. And this story is told from different points of view, which yeah. is it I think makes it so much interesting. Yeah. So I just read another book like that called Salt from the Sea mm. by Ruta Sepetis, and it is mm. the same thing. It's four characters telling the story, and then their their stories actually merge together at the end. Mm. So they're not all involved in the story together, like the right. Thursday Murder Club. But it's such a great um, plot. Yeah. I love an amateur detective story. Yeah. Oh. Like, when it's just people that are not police or, you know, detectives, right. but and then they get together and they're solving the crime. Absolutely. Yeah. And this group does manage to connect with the local police and sort of infiltrate with their quirky charm mm-hmm. and their um, <laughs> kind of sneaky ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's an, adds a nice twist, too. And the characters from outside of the group are, are actually very likable characters as well. Yeah. And you do get a little bit of uh, their backstory, too. I mean, I feel like there is also just a whole sort of subgenre of fiction that's specifically, like, fiction about older people. Um, yeah. Usually, like, feisty older people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like the, the hundred-year-old man who jumped out. Yeah. Yes. That was a great. That mm-hmm. was great. I enjoyed that. Um, and that's the nice thing about this book. They're very vibrant, full right. of life characters. Um, they're not, you know, and it, during the story, they do they do lose a close friend yeah. who's, who's been ill. Um, there's another friend of theirs, a longtime friend of Elizabeth's, who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth's husband is starting to slip mentally. So there are little bits of, you know, their uh, actual personal lives. And how they're navigating that, and those parts of the story, while small, are are quite poignant, yeah. um, and really, I think, add a lot to the story because you can see that they have these vibrant, wonderful lives where they're doing interesting things 
while dealing with the realities of aging, yeah. right. which, you know, if we're lucky, comes to all of us. So, yeah. so that was a, a really nice part of the book. Yeah. There's just really nothing not to like about this book. And it's, it's something really well written as yeah. well. That's great. So I think, I think Caroline Cooney, who I knew from like writing YA stuff mm. and I think like the late 80s. The girl like on the milk carton. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe, she has that a, was her first big she one. She has one out, I think this past year, that was also about, um, a woman in a retirement home. I think mm-hmm. in Florida and she has kind of a mysterious past. Mm. Um, I just saw, I just saw a copy the other day on our new mysteries shelf. Um, so if you've already read the Thursday Murder Club, you might check out Caroline Cooney's mm-hmm. new book. And there is another book. Now, is this part right. of a series that yes. still follows the so, Murder Club? So this, uh, the latest Thursday Murder Club, uh, actually is probably the one that technically came out this year. Mm-hmm. This one might have been published in 2020. Close enough. Um, but it's the same characters and the same sort of formula, the cozy cool. mystery. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just as good as the first one. That's great. Yeah. Excellent. So if you've read this one, there is a second yeah. one out. We do have it uh, on the hot title shelf, and we have several circulating copies. So put put a hold on that one if you really liked this one. It's always fun to start a book, and then you learn that there's more, and you're yeah. like, yes, it doesn't have to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just started listening to uh, to the second book, which I didn't realize there would be a series, but... Um, the first one was Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secret Oh, Universe, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's been out for at least five years. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's possibly probably, that, probably longer. longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's been, it's been a while since I had listened to it, but, uh, but Lin-Manuel Miranda does the audiobook, so. Oh, cool. And, um, that's awesome. That's yeah. one of my favorite teen books yeah. ever. That's a great I book. Well, the sequel story. just came out. And uh, I'm not I'm not done with it yet, so I'm not I'm not sure whether I can recommend it. But mm-hmm. so far, it's very good. I'm doing it on audio again, and Lin Manuel Miranda is still narrating, nice. so that's lovely. That's awesome. I am I am starting to be a little worried that there might not be a happy ending, oh, but I don't oh, have okay. anything. I don't have any firm evidence to back that. Yeah. Up, so. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm not a fan of a bad ending or a sad ending. No, I really do me. like a happy ending I, in, in a I book. agree. I, I also am a big fan of the happy ending. And, like, this is just... I don't want an unhappy ending in this book. So. I love a sad ending, <laughs> but there are characters that I get attached to that I want to have a happy ending for. Yeah. So, yeah, with that book, I would want a happy ending. Yeah. One of our coworkers reads the end of the novel first to decide mm. if they would oh like to goodness. read it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And cool. only if it's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Well, you always know that if you want a happy ending to check out a romance book because yes. you are guaranteed your happy ending. Mm-hmm. That is part of what like literally defines that. Exactly. So, yes. That's a good point. Yeah. I uh, I'm trying to think what else what else on my list? Well, if I can just, um, if I can cut in because the TV show Mm. that I want to recommend is sort of in the same vein as the Thursday Murder Club, um, Only Murders in the Building, which was on Hulu. Good title. And, um, we have a Roku at the library that has Hulu if you want to check it out. So, um, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, who huh. will surprise you, 
Um, and there are three people that live in this very um, fancy apartment building in Manhattan. Steve Martin's character was um, on a, like, 80s TV show, like, sort of um, detective kind of <laughs> sitcom. I mean, not sitcom, but so, he, you know, obviously that was a long time ago. Martin Short was... Um, like a Broadway producer of some really not amazing Broadway shows. <laughs> and Selena Gomez, at first we don't really know why she's living there. It turns out that her aunt had an apartment in the building and she's redoing it. And she used to visit, um, when she was a child at the, she would stay the summers with her aunt in the, in the apartment building. And it starts with, um, this young man who lives in the building, Tim Kono, he is murdered. And the question is, who killed Tim Kono? And it's assumed that it was someone in the building because of the way that it happened. And eventually the three of them kind of come together and they, they're all, obs- oh, they come together because they're all obsessed with this podcast that's kind of in the vein of like a serial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that does it is played by Tina Fey and she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they all come together and they decide that they're going to do a podcast to find out who killed Tim Kono. And the title, they, 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 you know, they start to, something else happens and they're like, we should, you know, research this murder. And then one of them says, only murders in the building. <laughs> and so that's where it comes from. And it's really funny. It's really well written. Um, you know, you can, Steve Martin and Martin Short are, Martin Short is hilarious. hilarious. He steals the show for sure. And Selena Gomez, I'm, I don't know a lot about her. I know she's a singer. I know she was in Disney stuff. She is actually a really good actress. Um, and she, the way that she kind of plays off of them and being younger. Yeah. And, um, so it's just really fun. And it's the whole, uh, you know, each episode is them learning more about it. Nathan Lane is in it as well. I love Nathan Lane. Yep. Um, so it's just the, the writing's great. The characters are great. Um, it does get resolved in the end. I don't want to give away the ending, yeah. but there will be another season. Oh, and excellent. the way it ended was a good cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, that actually, sounds good. Yeah, that does sound good. That reminded me of something I was going to ask you, Claire. When you got to the end of the second Thursday Murder Club book, did it seem like it was primed for a third book? So it was... They wrap up the mystery so you know the answer, but I think definitely Mm -hmm. um, this is such a good formula. I do think there'll be a third book. And I did read recently that the rights have been bought by, I forget which, maybe Netflix, Mm. um, to produce a TV show. And I'm picturing sort of maybe like a Maggie Smith Mm. for the Joyce character. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who... Who I would cast as Elizabeth, maybe Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so maybe we'll an see. Olivia Coleman could pop in there. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, and the audiobook, the uh, narrator has a fabulous British accent and, and I, well, one of the best readers I've ever listened to if, if you do prefer the audiobook. So, so we can't wait to see what the series is like. It probably won't be out for another year or yeah. two, but yeah. I'm on hold for the audio, so I'm excited. Oh, fabulous. I think the only, the only TV that I've watched recently that is not old is um, the BBC production of His Dark Materials. I think the first season's 
came out in 2019 and 2020, and then there is slated to be a third season, one one for each of the books mm-hmm. in the trilogy. But of course, the pandemic has kind of, you know, put the initial recording of that right. on hold. Mm-hmm. But it's also tricky because the stars of the show, well, two of the stars of the show are teenagers, and mm-hmm. so you can't wait too long to right. keep recording. Right. Or you have to get new recast. You, <laughs> you get into that awkward <laughs> position. Yeah. So I, I think it has, I think by now they have been able to record at least most of the last season, so I'm hoping that that's going to air sometime in 2022. I love that that series. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite fantasy series. Well, I do think this, I do think the BBC, it's a BBC-HBO collaboration. Okay. Yes. I actually saw the first episode yeah. of that, and, I, and the world building was wonderful. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda also shows up in it as oh. a long <laughs> um, He He does show up in it, but I think it's a very faithful adaptation. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in, like, everything has to be exactly the same, which just generally doesn't work well in adaptations, yeah. mm-hmm. but, like, you know, faithful to the spirit of it. Yes. Um, it definitely had the feel of the story, the Oxford setting, right. with the sort of du- magical, the dust right. sort of part storyline. Like, mm-hmm. all of that felt like the book. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, I went to see the movie when it came oh, out many years back. And I was so excited because I loved... Mm-hmm. I know. And my favorite one in the series was the first book yeah. mm-hmm. and the golden compass and it was so disappointing I left the theater angry <laughs> so, I, got, I was so excited no one wanted to go see it with me yeah. so I went and saw it alone yeah. and I left the theater so angry Aww. because I'm like you ruined this so you disappointing how did you take such a good story and end up with this yeah Yes. Oh, the the BBC oh. version is so much better. Yeah, the BBC um, HBO miniseries that um that has been fairly recent. I can I can wholeheartedly write. I mean, it's very dramatic. Um, you know, it's certainly not something if you want like a relaxing watch. Right. Um, but. But, but you can really sad. get lost in that yeah. world, which mm-hmm. I think is nice, like, you escape from, right. you can really escape from the day, if that's what you want to do, oh, and, yeah. and getting grossed in the world. the other world, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, the actress, the actress who uh, portrays Mrs. Coulter, who's, like, let's say the adult female lead, uh, she just does such a good job, Ruth Wilson, she... Oh, yeah, takes, she's a great actress. Yeah, she takes a role that could be very flat or one-sided mm-hmm. and really brings a lot of dimension to it, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. Uh, I listen, I've been listening to a podcast that's going through the books, and they've mm-hmm. also kept up with the TV series, and, you know, pretty much every week, they when new episodes would air, they would have a poll, like, you know, who was the favorite, like, actor of the week, and almost mm-hmm. every week it was Ruth Wilson. <laughs> Just consistently, yeah. Ruth Wilson. <laughs> like, you know... With maybe an exception of an episode or two where she wasn't really in. <laughs> yeah, that was the only so, way. If she was there, she was, uh, you know, sort of the showstopper. So, anyway. Sounds like a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my only recent television that, that I have watched. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. I find television too stressful. Uh, I like this because I know what's going to happen because I've read the books. Mm. And even though, you know, it can be sort of violent mm-hmm. or suspenseful, I'm like, that's okay because I know what's coming. Mm. I'm not the person who reads the end first in case anyone knows. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. No. I would never do but, that. No. <laughs> um, but possibly with TV I would do that <laughs> before watching. I want to know that it ends out all right. 
Um, that being said, none of the books on my list are like super happy ending books. Mm. Um, well, I mean, some of them are. No, I I liked How to Mars, which I think I mentioned on a podcast with Claire from like summer reading that we were in. Yes, and I did actually read that this summer. And I enjoyed it. And it did have a happy ending. Um, it's by David Ebenbach. And, uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy that. It is science fiction. It's set on Mars. Um, <laughs> but with humans. Hmm. And, um, the sort of, the, the starting premise is that, like, you know, all of these adults, I think there's seven of them, have signed up to live on Mars for the remainder of their lives. And it's funded by a reality show that's going to film them. Right. That's going to film them the whole time they're there. But um, because nothing happens on Mars, this quickly gets very boring. No one's watching the show anymore. But it was a literal one-way ticket, so now they're just stuff there on Mars. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and then someone gets pregnant, which is not allowed Uh, because, like, you know, no medical. I mean, it's not hospital. It's Mars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, like, they don't know how, you know, like, how is the lower gravity going to affect a pregnancy? How is this going to affect a baby? Mm. Um, and so that is sort of the event that kicks things off. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it is science fiction in that it's set on Mars. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think if you don't enjoy science fiction, you could still enjoy this book because it's primarily about the relationships mm. of these seven people. And, like, how does that change now that someone is pregnant? Mm. And, um you know, now that they're being watched on TV again. Mm. And, um, so that, that was good. And I would say that things turn out pretty well. Mm. Um, which I guess is maybe somewhat of a spoiler, but like, if you want to know that you're picking up a book with a happy ending, yeah. that is, that is probably the best candidate for my list. <laughs> <laughs> I can also recommend The Secret History of Food by Matt Siegel, which is nonfiction. I listened to it as an audiobook. And I mean, it, it just, the concept of a happy ending isn't really relevant to that type of nonfiction. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's not really narrative. But I did think it had a fun balance of information and, mm-hmm. um, and humorous commentary. <laughs> so cool. I enjoyed that. And it, uh, I mean, I guess some parts of it are somewhat distressing when you realize that, like, in fact, the FDA does not have the staff to investigate almost any food production. In oh. oh, yeah. That, yeah, and you're like, okay, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, you're like, well, that's sort of alarming. It's a but, disturbing. Yeah. But I haven't died from my food yet, so mm. let's just gloss that over. Right. Let's just say it's probably working. It's probably yeah. okay. So far, so good. <laughs> but, but mostly it's sort of fun facts. Like, during World War One, ice cream was considered essential. Um, particularly well, for the soldiers, but like, I'm sorry, isn't I understand. it essential now? <laughs> I certainly consider it essential. Well, there aren't any sugar rations now. So, I mean, I, I agree, it is essential, but, but yeah, that was, like, that was part of the reason why, um, why we didn't, in, like, you know, other, other combatants in World War One imposed sugar rations on their citizens. Mm-hmm. And the United States did not do this because it was felt that ice cream was essential for morale. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I and, can uh, get on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> and a sugar ration would just kind of put pain to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, mostly it was, it was kind of fun tidbits like that. And it was, I think it was six, six or seven hours on audio. I mean, it mm. wasn't a quick, it was a quick, right. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Long, so which was also nice because it just you know it moved right along. Mm-hmm. It wasn't getting too in depth on any 
on any one thing. Mm-hmm. But, Sometimes you know. if you're in a reading slump, something mm-hmm. like that is perfect to sort of yeah. get yourself moving again. So yeah. then it's quick, not too long, mm-hmm. keeps your attention, but isn't anything that you have to sort of... Right. Um, invested in yeah, invested yeah really, really commit to, to yeah right, right. Exactly. exactly you know like we were saying earlier just you know steams to commute along a little absolutely like, this is interesting like i'm happy enough to get in my car and listen to this why you know why drive to work and that was so that was good and yeah um I read um, over the summer um, a John Grisham book called Mercy, mm-hmm. and I, I used to read John Grisham a lot when he first came out, A Time to Kill. Um, you know, then remember the, all the movies, they had The Firm with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise based on all the books, and he was really, you know, in the 90s, that really hot author, but then I stopped reading him eventually. Um, I mean, there's but, only so much time in the day. Right, right, right just, exactly. You know, I loved a legal thriller at one time, and then I really just wasn't my thing anymore, so mm-hmm. I really didn't read... Um, you know, quite a few of his books for the last five or six, seven years. But then the thing that um, made me want to read Mercy is it, it was the same characters from A Time to Kill, mm. uh, Jake Brigance and his family and the um, other characters in the book um, meeting again, uh, mm. current day. And that was actually... Uh, a legal thriller, um, a lot about um, the accused in the uh, trial was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, did he rightfully murder his mother's police boyfriend because he was abusive and he feared for his life, or was he guilty of murder? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's got the trial scenes and all the um, accoutrements that go along with the John Grisham, um, the sort of thriller in the courtroom. And the ending, I won't say whether it was good or bad, Mm -hmm. but it was very interesting. I thought Mm -hmm. the way he ended it was not what I expected, so. Oh, nice. I always appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Time to Kill is such a good book. A a fairly quick read, short chapters, moved Uh along quickly. Um, Good for, you know, kind of a winter cozy read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, if you're looking for more suggestions, uh, one of our colleagues, Anna Shetter, who is one of the teen and reference librarians, compiles a list of staff suggestions at the end of each year. I believe it's not on our website yet, although by the time you're mm. listening to this, it will It'll definitely be on our website. Be on yeah. our website. Yes. So you should sure. definitely check that out. Um, MHL.org. Yes. Not not all staff contribute. It's, it is not mandatory, but um, a lot of staff do, including <laughs> some from the children's room. So there's some children's yeah. books on there, too. So it kind of has a wide range. Yeah, absolutely. Of, uh, Lots of varied um, genres yeah. and mm-hmm. fiction, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something novel, for everyone. Graphic novels. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Music. Yeah. I think even sometimes DVDs. Yeah. Um, so, and while we're mentioning children's and teen books, um, the book of the month that we're doing uh, for the adult section, where uh, the teen room is also doing a book of the month. Yeah. And the children's room will be doing two books of the month. They'll mm. be doing a picture book and a children's chapter book. So yes. each of those will be on display with stickers saying that they are the book of the month. So look for that again coming in January. That's right. It's not just for adults. That's right. Yeah. That's Good right. books of the month for everyone. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, which is exciting. I'd like to, I don't know what the picture book will be, but... I will I, definitely be checking out the yeah. picture book for my nine-month-old yeah. and me. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be checking it out for me. <laughs> I always forget how much 
I enjoy a good picture book. Picture books are awesome. Yeah, picture books know? are great. I mean, I work here, and I go down to yeah. the children's room, and I'm like, just get a few. Like, you will literally <laughs> be back tomorrow, and every time I leave with a handful, yeah. and anyone working there is always like, oh, you take this one, or show like this now. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. They're so helpful. Yeah. Well, uh, the picture book that I read most recently, which I do recommend, nonfiction, but um, it, oh gosh, and of course, can I remember the title of this thing I read like two weeks ago? <laughs> no. But it is, oh, I believe it was The Chicken Who Sailed Around the World. Oh. It is the true story of a French man and his chicken, and they went on a very long sailing trip together. <laughs> and it was, tr- I mean, I, I keep chickens, so I'm biased right. in my enjoyment of this, but it was a really <laughs> delightful book. Lots of good pictures of the chicken on the boat. Monique is her name. Oh my god, I <laughs> um, love that. Yes, and she is the first hen to sail around the world, and probably only, as far as we know. And um, it's just delightful. It sounds delightful. It does. Yeah, it does. It is. I love a good animal story. Yeah. Yeah. And and I haven't read it yet, but the author did this year publish um, a an adult version of the story, like oh. a you know a not narrative nonfiction. Um, cool. Which I haven't had time for yet, mm-hmm. but. Um, but I'm very excited about it. Yes. <laughs> so someone is, for your chickens to look up to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that is my picture book pick from this year. <laughs> um, and yeah, just just delightful. Although hopefully my hens will never get anywhere near the ocean. <laughs> something something will have gone very badly wrong. <laughs> They're on a boat in the Atlantic. Yeah. 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 They've went rogue. Yeah. I actually had a dream last night that two of them escaped. Oh. But I, I, they, it all worked out even in the dream. Chicken stress. Chicken stress. It's real. I went out this morning and they were all there. uh, All three of them. So everyone was happy. They've eaten all the cabbage I gave them yesterday as a treat, so all is well. <laughs> I often have a dream that there's a big giant group of cats that look exactly like my two cats, and I have to find my cats, and it's like, do I truly know them? <laughs> it's very stressful. <laughs> I currently have no cats. So. <laughs> no pet stress <laughs> dream for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can be, they can be quite charming, but sometimes they're troublesome. But yeah, so. they are. <laughs> they are. Uh, well, on that note, I think we've probably covered it all. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> um, so... Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And uh, for those of you listening, thank you for listening. Uh, You obviously have found us somewhere, but if you want to know other places where you can find this podcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and our website, nhl.org slash podcast. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email us at rdesk at nhl.org. That's R as in reference, desk. Um... Or, you know, come into the library, call us, uh, chat with us on our website. There are so many ways you can get in touch with us and let us know. And we hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.